Welcome to the Thriving Forward podcast. Now to introduce your hosts. Hi, I'm Megan Laspinera. I'm the founder and executive director of Kids Thrive 585 Inc. and a pediatrician in Rochester, New York. And I'm Sarah Collins McGowan. I'm also a pediatrician here in Rochester, and I teach community health and advocacy to pediatric residents. In each episode, we will speak with people involved in good works and projects in the greater Rochester area. We hope that by introducing you to these inspirational people and their stories, you will be motivated to learn more about these amazing organizations in our region and the fabulous people who keep them working. Today on the podcast, I'm here with Tanya Burton, the Children's Services Consultant for Monroe County Library System. In this role, she provides foundational support for Monroe County Libraries. Tanya, thanks for talking with me today. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Sarah. So we like to start with an icebreaker type of question. Uh, What's something that you've been into lately? It can be anything, a hobby, a good book, a TV show, whatever you want. Um, Trying to keep my kids off screens. (laughs) So lots of board games and uh, baking with them. Oh, that sounds fun. Do you have any, any specific uh, baking projects that have gone really well? Uh, well, we just made Buckeye balls for the first time. Uh, we're kind of Ohio State fans a little bit. And so um, my youngest had never had them. And I said, well, let's try it. Let's try and make them. So yeah, that went well. That's good. Those are delicious. Those are one of my favorites. I do those every year for Christmas because I I love them so much myself. (laughs) Yeah, they are good. That and and bread, we've been like everyone making lots of bread. So cinnamon raisin is the favorite right now. Oh, that sounds delicious. Um, Well, would you start by talking about your role with the public library? Because you do lots of things. So can you just maybe explain um, what it means to be the children's services consultant? Sure. Um, So I have the best job in the whole library because I get to do so many different things. Um, So first, um, I support all of the children's services staff throughout all of our member libraries, so throughout the whole county. So that's helping with professional development, providing guidance, um, you know, and really right now being a cheerleader them, helping them, because it's really hard for children's librarians to not be face-to-face with kiddos and not doing story times and stuff, Um, and really just kind of helping navigate through the waters right now. Um, I also, um, for the Rochester Public Libraries, um, I'm also the coordinator for our Raising a Reader program, which is a family engagement early literacy program, and we work with various um, child care providers to make sure that parents have books in their home um, throughout a whole school year. And then um, the most important part, I think, is helping the parents learn how to use those books with their kids um, in many different ways. Um, and that's a huge part of my role. Um, and then also working at our central library, you know, just helping patrons with whatever they need. We create book lists, for people, um, we have um, throughout COVID, we've created different backpacks that families can check out. So they have different things to do at home. Um, so we have our nature backpacks to encourage people to get outside and be healthy in nature. We have STEM to go kits. So for those curious minds, they have different things that they can explore with. Um, and then also I work with lots of different organizations, um, especially through COVID. It's been really important since the library is closed to the public and just providing curbside how are we getting our services out to everyone that we normally would? Um, and so there's, you know, many different organizations that we work with. 
I want to go back to the Raising a Reader program that you brought up and ask if you would talk a little bit more about that. So you mentioned supporting um, families and parents on how to read or how to interact with their kids around books. Can you give some examples of what that might look like? Sure. So, um, and I really believe strongly in that while giving out books to people is important, if people don't know how to use them, then you're not getting all of the full effects that a book can actually get for, for kids and for a family. Um, so we have adults who, um, you know, have different reading levels, maybe English isn't their first language, uh, or they just don't have time. So many parents are busy. They're working multiple jobs, especially now you're trying, you know, everybody's trying to do so many different things and how do you fit books in? Um, so in a non-COVID environment, we do, uh, different events, either it, you know, we might go to a Head Start site if they have a family literacy event, or we invite people to the library. And we have different stations where families would do a game together, like on, you know, making connections. Um, so, for example, we would have pictures of several things that are yellow and several things that are green and the kids and the parents have to work together to make connections. Um, so someone, and it's on a tic-tac-toe board. So you might put a, a yellow bus with a yellow cab and um, a green book and they might all be connected. And the child might say, well, while I was on the bus, I saw that cab and remember we were reading that book and that's how that makes that connection. And just showing parents that there are connections in so many different places. Um, and just, you know, and making it accessible, meeting families where they're at. Um, you know, there are families who they're not comfortable sharing books with kids because it's not something that they grew up with, or maybe they had negative experiences. We hear that a lot, um, you know, whether it's, you know, through different, through different things. So just, um, you know, doing different activities like that. Now in COVID, we can't be face-to-face, -face, so it's a lot harder. Um, so we're doing online story times. We have online um, skills videos that we put for parents that are, you know, just short clips of trying to do, trying to show them what we would do in a face-to-face -face activity online. Um, and we get that out to people um, through putting at-home story time kit bags together and having a lot of our partners distribute them wherever they're at. So normally, you know, pre-COVID um, and hopefully post-COVID, we would work with the same families all the time. We don't have that ability right now. So we're just trying to reach any families that we can. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I love about books for families and kids is that sometimes the book is just um, like the means to a meaningful interaction. You know, it's, yeah. I, I mean, the stories are great and the pictures are great, but sometimes it's just that time of sharing and talking. And like you said, that kid making a connection to something else and telling their parent about it. I mean, that's one of the really, I think, magical things about reading with your kids um, at whatever level you can do it or at whatever interaction um, works best for you. Yeah. And I, and the great thing, so Raising Your Reader, I, I love it so much for so many different reasons. Um, but we also work with um, moms who are pregnant. And so tell, showing them that it's never too early, but it's also never too late to share books with kids. Um, and, you know, and talking to new parents about the importance of bonding with your baby and looking in your baby's eyes and all of the great things that happen 
and those first few years of life, it's really a great opportunity for us at the library to help parents uh, learn those kinds of things. Um, you know, when I had my first son, I didn't know all the stuff that I know now about early literacy. And I remember the first couple of courses that I took and I thought, oh my gosh, my son's going to be, you know, he's going to be so far behind. Spoiler, he's 18 now, he's in college, he's an honor student, he's okay. So it's never too late. Um, but it's important that we help parents just find whatever information it is that they need. And that's the great thing about working in the library, because whether it's through raising a reader or helping, yesterday I helped a gentleman locate tax forms online. There are so many different things that parents need. And, um, you know, one of the reasons I just love working at the library is because we can hit kind of all of those points for families. Yeah, I mean, the library system, I think, is just truly such a huge advocacy force, uh, you know, for, for families. Um, there's one definition of advocacy that we sometimes use with the, our pediatric and, and med peds residents that, you know, advocacy is giving the right information to the right person at the right time. And I feel like that is really what the library system is about in, in so many ways. Yeah. Well, we, we try. Sure. Um, you've mentioned some of this so far, but I wanted to ask you a little bit more about how the library has responded to the COVID pandemic and, and specifically children's needs with school closures and remote learning, because I think you guys have stepped into that gap a little bit too, to try to support kids in their learning. Would you talk a little about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So in the very beginning, um, you know, like everyone was scrambling, we were able to purchase some MiFi units, um, for anyone who didn't have internet connection. Um, and we had, you know, many units that were checked out um, during curbside service. So that was developed very quickly um, through libraries all over the country. Um, and, you know, so people could just call up and tell us whatever it was their need was. And if we had it, then we could meet them at the door and give them whether it was a book they needed or a MiFi unit that they needed. Um, and hopefully that was very helpful to many parents um, before all of the MiFi stuff got worked out. Um, so we were able to do that. Um, we, I've worked with, you know, different teachers, helping them find electronic resources. Um, also many families, you know, we just had a, a mom who transitioned to homeschooling and called the, uh, called the children's center last week and needed a hundred books pulled. Um, so that's, you know, what we love to do. So, you know, that's great. So it has, um, given us some opportunities to connect with more people, I think, um, and really help people, um, you know, find different types of reading that they might be, you know, might not have been interested in before or might not have had the time to try. Um, so definitely through books, like I said before, some of the nature backpacks and the different kits that we've had. Um, you know, we've done a lot more online programming. Um, you know, we've done a virtual um, book club for tweens, which worked out really well. Um, and, you know, we might not have tried that before because kids that age don't tend to come into the into our library at Central too often. Um, so yeah, just different things. And, you know, now we're trying to imagine what the next few months and summer might look like. How did you get into doing this kind of work? Like, did you always know that you wanted to work within a library system? No, I had no idea. I grew up from the time I think I was four thinking I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and, you know, through college, um, my first few years of college, honestly, were not stellar because I worked too much. Um, and I, 
really loved U.S. history and thought I was going to be a history professor. Um, and I graduated from Buff State and then I moved to Memphis and attended the University of Memphis thinking I was going to be a history professor. And at that same time, I got a job in the library system in Memphis um, and I fell in love with it. And I was very fortunate to have some really great mentors, um, both at the University of Memphis and the library who, you know, University of Memphis said, are you sure this is what you want to do? And then at the library, like, you really need to do this. Um, and, you know, things just worked out very well. Um, my first library job was in adult services, actually. Um, and I kind of just fell into children's services and found my home. Do you have any advice that you like to give to people who are interested in doing similar work or think they might want to work, you know, either in children's services or just in the library in general? I think it's something that you have, you have to really want to work with people in all, in all different types of environments and meeting people where they're at. Um, you know, we hear all the time, oh, it must be great to get to read all day. Yeah, I don't read all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my day is so, is so busy. Um, so it's definitely not, I think the stereotypical librarian job. Um, but if you're looking for something where you get to do a lot of different activities and meet with a lot of different people and serve a lot of different needs, um, I think then, you know, maybe a career in the library might be for you. How do you stay on top of like the new literature that's coming out? Because I always wonder that I, when we go to the library, you know, with my kids, I love talking to the librarians about what they recommend and they always, always have really on point recommendations. And I wonder how, how you keep up with it. Well, I, there are a lot of review journals that tell us what's coming out and, you know, gives us a synopsis of each book. And, um, but also, doing programming, doing story times and doing programs with books um, and just being, you know, just and, and, you know, reading, of course, you know, reading some of them um, just helps. And, you know, someone might come in and ask for books about, you know, dealing with a certain situation and that stays with you. And, you know, you have that information and, you know, someone else at some point is going to come and ask for the same information. Um but when I was in Memphis, one of the first things someone told me was the key to being, to serving in a library is you don't have to know everything. You just have to know how to find it. And so that's kind of a librarian trick is we just have to know how to find the information that you're looking for. Do you have any children's books or recent children's books that you love to recommend for any age, but anything recently that has um, caught your fancy? Um, I've been doing some professional reading. I think the one I'm most excited um, to read right now is When Stars Are Scattered by Victoria Jameson. Um, and so it's a, actually, I have it, I have it right here. Um, it is a graphic novel and has won many awards and it's been on my to, to read list for a long time. And it finally became available in the library. So I grabbed it yesterday. So this is the one I most I'm most excited to read right now. That's great. Yeah, I feel like the graphic novels have just really taken off. That was not really a, a um, genre that I was very familiar with as a kid. And now my kids are so into it and, and they're so good. <laughs> they are. And, you know, lots of parents try to guide their kids away from graphic novels because they, I think 
they see it as like the, you know, 1960s detective comic kinds of things. And, you know, they, they don't think it, there's really a lot to offer, but there's so much to offer in graphic novels. Um, first of all, the language is more rich in a graphic novel. Um, also, the multimodal learning is there. Um, and, you know, there's just so many amazing writers and illustrators that are collaborating now. And yeah, so yesterday was the Youth Media Awards from the American Library Association, and there were multiple graphic novels that won awards. And, you know, we didn't see that even probably five or 10 years ago. So yeah, it's definitely the age of graphic novels. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or the public library, where should they go? You can say the website or if there's any social media stuff you guys have, shout it out now. <laughs> <laughs> so our, um, the website for the Rochester Public Library is rockcitylibrary.org. For the library system as a whole, it's libraryweb.org. Um, and we, you know, we do have social media pages. The Central Library Kids Club Facebook group is probably the best place to go for parents looking for guidance and information. It is a private group, um, but any parent can join. Great. And we will link to that too and the information about the episode. So, and you also, you work with a lot of community organizations um, through the Raising a Reader program and through other programs. Is there uh, an organization that you think more people should know about? Uh, Cameron Ministries does amazing work. Um, I think Teen Empowerment is doing some great things also. Um, but I, I work with, I just this morning have ha had a phone call with some folks from 4-H and they're doing some great things. Um, Common Ground Health is amazing. Uh, WXXI is a great collaborator of ours. Um, I mean, there's so many. There's there's way too many to to, to list. I, Rochester is very rich with organizations serving the needs of our community. It's a, it's really a great place to be. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, which is a perfect segue into the last question, which is, what's your favorite thing about Rochester? I think just what I just said, just all the collaborations and just how everything ties together. Um, and really during COVID, you know, at first it was really difficult to see how, like I said, how are we going to serve all of the people that we have? And, um, you know, we had some things at the library that prevented us from meeting the needs of the families um, that we normally would serve over the summer. But through working with the Holcomb Center, working with uh, summer learning folks, we were able to get out lots of books and materials to families throughout the whole summer um, that we wouldn't have been able to do without those collaborations. So I think that's my favorite thing is that when the going gets tough, everybody just comes together and there's no egos. It's just like, okay, what do you need? I can do this. What can you do? And everybody just wants to serve the families. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking with you today. Oh, thank you, Sarah. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thriving Forward podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Kids Thrive 585 Inc., the Huckelman Center at the University of Rochester, and Rochester Regional Health. To learn more about today's guest, head over to kidsthrive585.org and click on the podcast link. See you next time. The views, information, and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of their employers or funders.